Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Pearlside Church. My name is Billy. I'm the lead pastor here at the main campus. And I'm thankful that you all are here this morning. So give yourselves a hand for being in the house to worship God. I also want to say, can we just say a big thank you to all the staff and the, the volunteers that make church possible every single week. Thank you, guys. We so appreciate all of you. Too many people to name, but you all make, it a, make this a place where we can worship God together. You know, I, I long for the day that my kids are thankful for food and electricity. I tell you what. Um, I don't know if that day will ever come, but that's okay. Uh, but we're, we're glad that you're here, and as well as those of you watching online, thank you so much for being in the house. You're not here by accident. God brought you here because he loves you and he has a plan and a purpose. And our prayer this morning is that he will reveal more of his heart to you and will walk out of here more filled with hope than ever before. But I don't know about you. I love Christmas. It's a great time of the year. Um, you know, some of my fondest memories of Christmas was, is, was the anticipation, right? As a kid, especially, you know, you're looking forward to, you know, Christmas Day, unwrapping your gifts and you see that little pile of presents, you know, building up, you know, over the days and the weeks. And, and uh, you know, I used to tell my parents, you know, there's, there was always this one toy that I wanted. There was always this one key toy. You remember that? Where I tell my parents, I, I really want this toy. And so uh, one year, I remember I, I told my parents I wanted this toy. And my mom told me, oh, it, it was sold out at the store. I'm sorry, son, you can't get it. Now, I don't know about you, but that was very crushing to me as I think probably a six-year-old. They're like, oh, my God, the store is sold out. I'm not going to get my present. Um, and so I, I came up with a plan. I said, I'm going to call the store every single day. And when it comes in, I will let my parents know that they can go get it because, you know, it's out of stock apparently. So I got the, the phone book. You guys remember the phone book? And I flipped over to the page and I found the number and then I dialed. You guys remember dialing on the phone? See, kids nowadays, they'll never understand. You had to go to the wall to get the phone, right? And then dial. Anyway. I told my daughter one time, you know, back in the day, phones were attached to the wall. She's like, why? Was it charging? I was like, <laughs> I was like no, it lived in the wall. That's where phones were. Anyway. <clears throat> so I, I called. I called. And all the young people are like, what? What are you talking about? I called uh, the, the store. And I asked them. I asked them for this. It was like a transformer or something or another. I remember I said, do you have this toy? And they're like, oh, yeah, we have it. I was like, what? Did you just get a new shipment in, I asked. And the lady told me, no, we've had it for months. I've been betrayed. You know, I had a re revelation. Oh, my God, I was lied to all this time. But then I also realized, oh, wait, I think my parents are trying to trick me. Cruel trick, by the way. Don't tell a little kid that you're not getting your thing for Christmas because it was sold out. But I realized, oh, my God, okay, it, it, it's going to come. And so sure enough, all that anticipation began to build. Days, I was counting down the days to Christmas. And sure enough, Christmas morning, there was that box under the tree. I remember I ripped it open, and there it was. I was so happy. And I played with it every single day for about three weeks, and then it got lost in the closet somewhere and I never saw it again. And I thought about that as I was thinking about this Christmas, you know, how much we anticipate these things. And at the end of the day, it never really fulfills you. Have you noticed that all the things that we want, the, the stuff that we want to buy, you know, back in my day was Transformers when I was a kid and then it became iPhones and laptops or whatever. Maybe for some of you, it's cars and houses and, and all these things that we think, if I just get this and when I get this, then I'll be fulfilled only to realize it only fulfills you for a little while. And then it's on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it's a never-ending treadmill of wanting the next thing, hoping that that next thing will fulfill me on the inside. And I began to realize as I got older that none of the things that I wanted so badly and wanted so hard was able to help me when my parents got divorced. None of those toys encouraged me during that season. Or when my dad was in jail, it didn't help me. None of those things helped me when I was dealing with a sick kid and, and dealing with the pressures and the trials of life. You follow what I'm saying? All those things that we long for so hard could never meet the real needs in my soul. But thank God, at Christmas, God came to give us the greatest gift of all. 
that doesn't only satisfy us in a moment, but comes to give us hope that is everlasting, a confidence and a peace that we can build our lives upon, that no matter what life throws at us, we can have a hope and a confidence for a brighter future. That's the gift that comes to us at Christmas, and it's why we celebrate, amen? It's a gift of hope, and my message this morning to all of us is it's called the birth of hope. The birth of hope. Because what God wants to give us is not a temporary happiness, a toy that we'll play with for a little while, or something that we'll enjoy and then it'll end up in a storage closet or in a dump someday. But it's a hope that will last forever. It's eternal hope in heaven and hope for our lives here on the earth. How do we receive this gift? Where does it come from? Well, we're going to take a look at this passage of scripture here that describes the moment that this hope entered into earth, that hope entered into the world. Because as much as Christmas ought to be a joyous time for a lot of people, it's also a very challenging time for a lot of people. Police officers, psychologists tell us that, man, this is the time of the year where suicides go up, divorce goes up, domestic violence goes up, drug abuse goes up. Why? Because as much as Christmas ought to bring us joy, it also reminds us of what we don't have, doesn't it? It reminds us of what we want and what we long for, and, the, the, and it also reminds us of the things that we've lost and the people that we've lost. But the hope that God wants to give us will fuel us even through the darkest of times. And this is the moment that hope entered into the world. We find this in scripture here. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching over their flocks at night. This is out of the book of Luke. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. This is the moment that God broke into humanity. This is the moment that God broke into the suffering and the trial and the brokenness of humanity and offered hope to all who would receive him. One of my Christmas traditions now is, is to revisit this moment. And for a moment, up on screen, let's revisit this moment that God shined his light and brought hope to the world, offering eternal life and hope to anyone who would receive. Take a look at this up on screen.
son. Thanks be to God. son is the promised king of his people. What is his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. that scene because the look of awe and wonder at the onlookers that came to see Christ for the first time. You see, it was a very difficult time that the Israelites were living in during that period of several hundred years of living under terrible oppression, wondering, God, have you forgotten about us? God, what about your promise that you made thousands of years ago to deliver us? When are you going to show up? And in that moment, they saw with their eyes the fulfillment of God's promise that he hasn't forgotten about them. And by extension, that he hasn't forgotten about us. Amen. Because many times we can feel like, God, have you forgotten about me? What about me? I see you blessing other people. And, you know, but what about me? When are you going to answer this prayer? When are you going to do what, what I believe that you, you said you would do in my life? And we've been waiting. We've been waiting. But God, just as God hadn't forgotten about them, he hasn't forgotten about us as well. And the hope that he brought in that moment is available to all of us even today if we'll receive him. Can I hear an amen to that? But this was the moment that, her, that hope came into the world. I do want to apologize, though, to all the women who gave birth that that traumatized you again by watching Mary in labor. Um, I didn't give birth, but I was there for the birth of all my kids, and I was re-traumatized in that moment. Amen. Um, but the birth of Jesus is what brought hope into the world. It brought hope into the world. For about 700 years before Jesus' birth, the prophet Isaiah prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. And this is what he wrote in Isaiah chapter 7. He said, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. He said in, in chapter 9, For to, unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his, his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forever 
more. It was prophesied that God would come to bring peace to the world, to bring hope to the world. And the reason why the world needed it was because the world is broken. Have you noticed? I don't think we have to spend very long to describe that. But all you got to do is turn on the news for about five seconds and you realize, man, something's wrong with the world. This world is broken. It, it, it needs something. What is going on? And the, the brokenness of this world, God needed to do something about. And so he sent his son Jesus to bring hope to the world. That to all who would receive him, we can begin to experience the renewal and the restoration that comes through Christ. We broke God's world. It's broken as it is. We sin, others sin against us, we sin against others, and this cycle just continues and continues. The only hope is for us to put our trust in Christ and begin to follow him and let him to bring restoration into our lives so that we can bring restoration to the earth. See, we broke the world, but God set it right again. He sent his son Jesus to set it right. You know, one of my favorite things, uh, especially when my kids were little, was uh, especially with my, my oldest, he, he loved to play with Legos, right? And I don't know how many of you loved doing Legos when you were a kid, but I loved it. When my son got into Legos, I was like super excited because now as a grown man, I can play with toys again, and it's not weird. But anyway, uh, I remember for one Christmas, he really wanted the, the Lego Millennium Falcon, and so we saved up and we bought it for him. And on Christmas morning, I remember we opened that box. He was so excited. I think I might have been more excited than him. But anyway, and this is like 5 to 17, you know, years old. That's just a suggestion, you know, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, let's all play with Legos. Anyway, and we spent all the rest of that Christmas Day putting that thing together. In fact, I think it took us all the way through past New Year's, but we finally got it put together because it was like this massive thing. And we were so excited. I remember he would like pick it up and like fly it around the living room. I'm like, dude, do not drop that thing, okay, because that took like six weeks, I mean like, like six days of our lives to put together. And he would play with it, and we were having so much fun with it. And I don't know what he did, but a piece of it broke off. And he got so upset. He got so mad. And he, and he looked at me like it was my fault. Like, it broke. I'm like, bro, you broke it. Like, what you looking at me for, you know? But I remember it was, like, it was like he was projecting all of his anger at me when he was the one that broke it. So I said, all right, give it to me. I'll figure out a way to fix it. And so he gave me the thing. We sat it down on the table. I had to, like, go back, like, pages and pages to try to figure out how to fix this thing. We couldn't find this piece, so I had to break it off of a Ninja Turtle to make it work, you know? <laughs> You figure a way, dads, right? Amen. So we figured it out. I kind of made it work again, and he was happy again. And I thought to myself, it's funny that he was projecting all his anger on me when he was the one that broke it. You know, oftentimes in our lives, we suffer the consequences of this thing called sin. And sin is basically when we choose to live apart from God, do things our own way. And there's always consequences to that. We live as, the, as a, we suffer the consequences of other people's sin directed at us and even our own. And when we mess up, we break parts of our lives. And it's, 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 it's frustrating, isn't it, to see some of the consequences of the decisions that we made, especially when it's decisions that other people made that affected us. But here's the awesome thing. No matter how we've broken our lives, if we'll place our lives in, in God's hands, he can fix it. No matter how shattered, no matter how wrecked, no matter how messed up, whether it was your fault or someone else's fault, it doesn't matter. If we put our lives back in God's hands, we put the pieces back in God's hands, he can fix it. He can repair it to the place that once was a mess, he can turn into a masterpiece. The question is not, can God do something with the broken pieces of our lives? The question is, will we place our lives in God's hands and begin to let him work in bringing healing and restoration to the broken pieces of our lives? And you're going to hear a testimony in just a little bit that I think powerfully illustrates this. But I don't know where you are this morning and what you're walking through, the challenges that you're facing. But here's what I do know. If we place our lives in God's hands, there's no limit to what he can do. There's no limit to how he can heal and restore even broken relationships that have been broken for decades or maybe even generations. God can restore. 
Maybe it's even areas in your health that you're believing God for a breakthrough. And there's no limit to what God can do if we'll place our lives in his hands. Because it's through Christ that we are given hope for a new life on earth and eternal life in heaven. It's through Christ that we are given this hope. Hope in scripture, by the way, is not wishful thinking. Hope in scripture is a confidence that we can have. It's a confident expectation in our future. And when we place our lives in God's hands, we can have confidence that no matter what we've been through in the past or even what we're going through right now, we can have hope for our future. That God is in control and he's going to do something in our lives through it all. Can I hear an amen to that? But through Christ, we have to place our lives in his hands. Through Christ, we can have hope for a new life on earth and a new life in heaven. See, the gift of hope is that once this life is over, there's eternal life in heaven. Praise God for that, amen? Because no matter how, how hard we, we eat well and exercise or whatever, life is temporary. Nobody has been able to beat this thing called death. No matter how hard you try, thank God there is eternal life after this life is over. And that is the greatest gift, amen? That when we, when we knock on death's door, and all of us will, Jesus will invite us into his house forever. That's the gift of eternal life in Christ. Now, if that wasn't good enough, he said, I also want to give you a new life here on this earth. If we'll receive him, he can put those broken pieces back together. Look at Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. In other words, what we earn or get out of this, this living in this fallen world is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift. It's not something that we earn. It's not something that we deserve. What do you do with a gift? You receive it. Right? When someone gives you a gift, you don't go, oh, can I pay you for this? Or, or, or that'd be weird, wouldn't it? You know, grandma wants to give you something. You don't say, oh, I got to pay you now. No, just, just take it. It's a gift. What do we do with a gift? We just receive it. Isn't that true? We receive it with joy and with gratitude. And that's what God wants to give to us, a gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as we receive that gift, he wants to give us a, a restored life on this earth. Brief commercial. I want to invite you to come back in January and in the month of February. We're going to begin a brand new series called Miracles. Uh, we're partnering with our Every Nation family of churches around the world. And we're going to begin to unpack out of the book of John the, the, the miracles that Jesus did that proved who he was, the Son of God. And we, we're going to hear some real life stories of people right in this church and in this community who God has touched and has experienced a miracle. Our prayer is that you'll come to see Jesus afresh, but also begin to believe him for amazing things that he wants to do in all of our lives. All of us need miracles at some level, shape, or form. Isn't that true? And God is a worker of miracles. And there's people in this congregation that God has done some amazing things. And so we want to encourage you to believe God for great things in 2023. But also to begin to pray for people out there that God wants to do miracles in their lives as well. So I'm believing this is going to be a great series. I want to invite you back in January and in the month of February for that. Because God wants to give us a new life on earth. And when we trust in him, when we walk with him, there's no limit to what he can do in our lives. Can I hear a strong amen to that? John 1.14 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The only condition to experiencing eternal life in heaven and experiencing this new life on earth is receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord. To all who did receive him, not to all who were perfect, not to all who earned it or deserved it, to all who received him as Lord. Not to all who just you know, called on to him once in a while, but received him as Lord, which means, Master, I'm going to follow you. You are my God who I'm going I'm I'm to worship and walk with. To all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. That's the only prerequisite. You don't have to be perfect because none of us are. I remember when I first came to church, I'd see everyone raising their hands and worshiping God, and i think, man, I must be the only messed up person in this place 
you know. And then I started getting to know people in the church. I realized, oh, y'all are messed up too. Right on. <laughs> I guess there's hope for me. And you know what? I began to realize there is. There's hope for us. No matter how messed up our past was, no matter what we're going through, it's to all who received him. And that gift is available to you and to me here this morning. And this hope that we receive in Christ should motivate us to live generously, to give hope away to others. See, when we understand this gift of eternal life, of eternal hope, and hope for this life, we can't help but give it away. And here's the awesome thing about God. When we give hope away to others and we make ourselves a blessing to others, that blessing comes back to us. See, a lot of times people wait. They say, when God answers all my prayers, then I will be a blessing to others. But you know how God works? Even when we're walking through a difficult season, if we'll give hope away to other people, that hope will come back to us. When we bless other people, that blessing will eventually come back to us. And that's what the, the first people that experienced the Christ child did. Verse 17, when they had seen him, it says, they spread word concerning what they had been told about this child. They began to tell everybody. The virgin gave birth. The prophecy is being fulfilled. He is the Messiah. And they began to tell everybody about that moment. And verse 18, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. They became messengers to others. And as they did, they even experienced more of the grace of God themselves. What are you believing God for this morning? What challenges are you walking through? If we'll begin to trust in Jesus for, for starters and begin to give hope away to others, watch as God brings hope and blessing back into your life. What do you believe in God for this morning? I believe God wants to do amazing things as we walk with him. But it starts with us trusting in Jesus and beginning to give hope away to other people. Our guest spot this morning and our testimony that will close us out on this Christmas morning is of Paris and Twinkle Hayashi. Many of you know them. Paris is our executive oversight pastor here at Pearlside. Twinkle is one of our amazing worship leaders. And they both received hope in Christ. God put the pieces of their lives, began putting the pieces of their lives back together. But there was still one thing that they were waiting for. They were wait, believing God to have a child. And for many, many years, disappointment after disappointment, it wasn't working out. But they began to give hope away to others, began fostering kids, and God did something amazing and began to bless them in ways that they could not expect. This is their story. Take a look on screen and may it encourage you in your journey of faith as well. Take a look at this. I grew up in the Philippines and my family immigrated here to the U.S. when I was eight. I grew up in Long Beach. My parents ended up getting divorced. And in high school, my father passed away when I was 18. So life was very difficult for me growing up. When I was 24, I ended up getting married and we were married less than two years. It wasn't a good marriage. It was kind of repeating what my parents had gone through. And so through that, I went through a separation and went through a divorce. And that's when I came to Pearlside. We first met the day after she got saved. And so I just started asking her questions. I said, well, she's new. Just get to know her story and get to know what she's about. And we can just develop a friendship from that. That was in 2011. And then um, he ended up proposing New Year's 2012. Eight months later, 2013, we got married. And now we've made nine years going on 10. 
in our marriage, uh, we really wanted children, but it just never worked out. And we tried to Go. conceive, uh, we tried to do some medical procedures. Uh, it never, nothing worked. Before he was gonna turn 50, we decided, okay, we should do in vitro. And we were gonna go on a cruise to Alaska for his 50th. And so the doctor said, once you return from the trip, we can start the process. Thankfully, uh, when we got back, we didn't have to go through the process because we were already pregnant. And then we came in on week nine for the first ultrasound and we didn't hear a heartbeat. Did another uh, ultrasound, same result. And then they gave me another option of what we can do to help the baby pass along. And then it just happened naturally at home, which was really hard. In 2019, my father passed away. And growing up, I've heard rumors about the possibility of me being adopted. And so I finally asked my mom, am I adopted? And when I was younger, she would always just say, you're mine. And so the morning after my father passed away, I decided to ask her one final time. And finally, she was able to say, yes, you are adopted. With the loss of our, our child, my father passing away, me finding out that I was adopted, that kind of became a tipping point or a trigger for us to take on fostering and adoption. And since 2020, until now, we've had 17 children come in and out of our house. And currently we have four little girls. One of them we've had since she was two days old and her name was Selena. And I told this to Pastor Camille that I would name my first child Hope. And then when I was sitting in the, the room waiting for the doctor to come in, I saw the paper was updated that her name was Selena Hope. We didn't give her that name. I guess the mom chose to add hope in the middle. We celebrated her birthday, and the morning after her birthday party, I felt led to go take a pregnancy test. And within seconds, it was a positive result. It was unexpected. It was unexpected. We weren't even trying, we weren't even planning for it. And um, the amazing thing is, I just turned 40 in October. From my personal journey growing up and not having a purpose, not having a future, and God redeeming my life and turning it around. Like, who am I that, that God would love me this much, that he would redeem my story and use me to be a blessing to these kids, you know, kids that are not ours, that he would entrust us with their lives. A lot of them come from broken families, come from difficult situations. There's a lot of fear that they go through just like I did growing up, being abandoned or not loved and coming from nothing. When I look back at my upbringing, they never made me feel like I was adopted. 
And I think that's the feeling we want to convey when these children come into our home. We want to love them and make them feel like they're our own. to actually adopt the four that we currently have and open up our home for more fosters. This place that we were given, we know this, it wasn't just for us, and we know it's for the next generation. Amen. Pearlside Church, will you help me welcome Pastor Paris and Twinkle Hayashi. You know, I just love that story um, because that's the gospel right there. You received hope and you're giving hope away and, and God bless you. Parting shot to encourage us on this Christmas morning in all, all of our journeys of faith. I think I've heard, Pastor Norman, and you often say this, that God's delays are not necessarily his denials. And I think it takes continue a walk of faith and obedience, even when it's difficult. Um, I think I shared this in our quick meeting on Friday. We made a determination that no matter what happens, if we couldn't conceive, if we couldn't have children, we'll continue to walk in faithfulness to him. And lo and behold, the blessings of God. And as you said, we give hope away. Hope always comes back. Amen. <laughs> I cry every single time. It's over 100 times I've watched it over and over and over. And it's our own story. And it's just the overwhelming sense of joy, um, of God's goodness, of his love, his faithfulness in our lives. I watched it again right now. I didn't cry until our little girl said, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That no matter what you've gone through in your past, in the dark times, there is a light through Jesus Christ and if you receive him you will have that hope no matter how how little that light is he will use you to be a conduit of his hope and his love and no matter how long the wait is God's timing is perfect his plans his ways are higher greater than what you would imagine for yourselves and so this morning I'm sure you all cried let this be an encouragement to you that God has a plan for each and every one of us. You don't have to be on this stage. Something he's doing in your life right now, in the midst of your difficulties, he's going to use you to give him glory. Amen. 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 You know, I love, even just as you guys shared your backstory, you placed your life in his hands and he began to put it back together. But you didn't wait for everything to be perfect. I remember we were talking before, just how did you come to that place of fostering? Because you've had 17 foster kids. You have four dogs, even foster dogs. You guys are just like Jesus. It's amazing. Um, 
um, and just you didn't wait for God to answer your prayers before you started giving hope away, but along the way, He answered your prayers. How did you make that pivot from feeling like, what about me, to how can I give that light away? How did you do that? I wasn't going to get emotional until you got emotional. <laughs> I, was, I was good. I think, obviously, the Lord spoke to us to do this. Sometimes when He asks us to do something, it can be difficult because you're carrying your own pain mm -hmm. and you're walking through your own situations in life. But when we trust him in the process that you said, he is faithful. He is good. And I think when we had our first foster girl, she was a cancer girl. And uh, we spent more time in the hospital than at home with her. But I think because as we gave hope to her, she encouraged us. And from one became 17 God multiplies hope when you just give hope away and so yeah I think um you know God is close to the brokenhearted and as you spend more time with him as you pursue him as you delight yourself in him he'll give you the desires of your heart and through our journey he just led us to children to fostering and believing for that for us even if it wasn't our own um, and so I think for me personally, what he's taken me out of, he's saved me. He's redeemed my life. And so what, what, what to do now but to give it back to him and be a blessing to these little kids, the next generation, right? And it's not too late. He's 54. I'm 40. We're just starting our, our little family. I'm, I'm still young. So he's going to work through you throughout all generations, no matter how young or old he is going to use you. Just allow him to do that. Say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Amen. Amen. I think Amen. I want to, can I add one more thing? Please do. I think as you're going through different seasons of life, we could have stayed frozen, right? It's not happening. It's not working. But I think we made a determination to keep on moving yeah. forward in faith and obedience. And then God is faithful. Amen to that. Amen. How about a hand for Pastor Preston? Thank you so much, guys. There's hope for any situation. There's hope for any level of brokenness. But it starts as we place the broken pieces of our lives in the hands of Jesus. And let him begin to work. And as we follow him, watch as he puts things together the way they need to be. And it may not turn out the way that you expect. But it's going to be better than you expected. Amen. It begins by trusting in Jesus. And maybe you're here today in person or watching online and you need to place your trust in Jesus. I mean really place your trust in Jesus. Not just come to church on Christmas or Easter or whatever, but to say, I need to follow this Jesus. Because he's not just Savior, he's first Lord, meaning God, Master. And then he becomes Savior to us. We have to make him Lord if we want to experience this hope. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Maybe you've been coming around for a little while. Maybe this is your first time. Or maybe this is your first time back in a long time. Welcome back. But this is an opportunity to say, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. Put the pieces of my life in his hands and say, God, do with it what you want. Because I know it's going to turn out better than I could ever expect. With every head bowed and every eye closed here this morning, and those, also those of you online, I want to give you an opportunity to put your trust in Jesus by praying just this simple prayer. Repeating after me and the church, you can pray along as well. It's just a simple prayer of putting our trust in Christ, inviting him to be Lord, and putting our lives in his hands. Pray this with me if you're ready to make him Lord of your life. Pray this with me as I pray aloud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again 
breaking its power over my life. I open my heart to you to be my Lord and Savior. Help me to walk with you all the days of my life. Put the pieces back together, God. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head still bowed and eyes still closed, you prayed that prayer for the first time and you meant it. And you invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life. On the count of three, would you just lift up your hand really quickly? Let me know. Because the Bible says to make that declaration public. And myself and other, some of our, our staff is, as witnesses, let us know that you prayed that prayer this morning. On the count of three. One, two, three. Anybody here? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you over there. Thank you back there. Thank you all across this room. You can put your hands down. Father, I just thank you for those that opened up their hearts to you. May this be the first step of many steps that we could experience your grace, your hope, your power in every area of our lives. Thank you for these. Bless them, we pray. And let this be an amazing beginning to a fantastic journey of our lives, now filled with hope because it's filled with you. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Can we give a hand to those who responded to the Lord today as well as those online? Amen. I just want to say congratulations on making the most important decision you'll ever make, the decision to follow Jesus, and that you're going to hear some instructions in just a little while of some next steps that you can take. Because just like any relationship, it begins in a moment, but it needs to continue, amen? I remember when my wife and I got married about 17 years ago, and we stood at the altar. It was an amazing moment. We cried. Everyone cried. But that was just a moment. Our marriage has been built up over years of relationship of getting to know one another and living together growing together it's like that with God so don't let this be the only moment let this be the first of many moments and we'd love to walk with you along in that journey can I hear an amen to that so again congratulations for the rest of us all of us have different areas of our lives that are broken and I want to pray for us this morning that we would begin to experience his hope and his grace and his strength in these broken places. Because I've been around it long enough to know that there's nothing that is too broken that God cannot heal and restore. Like Paris and Twinkle, like many of you in this room, I see you. I know many of your stories. God can do amazing things. And some of you are believing God. And you're wondering, God, when are you going to show up in my life? Keep walking with him. Keep following him. Keep giving hope away. And watch as God begins to move. But I want to pray for you this morning. With every head bowed and eye closed one last time. If you need a touch from God in some area of your life, will you just slip up your hand? hands going up all over this room. Father, I thank you for each person here. You know all of our stories. You know all of our needs. You've seen every prayer. You've heard every cry for help. And God, I pray that you would begin to show up in power. I, begin, I pray that you would begin to amaze us with your love, with your grace, with your strength. Fill each person with hope that as we walk through these next days, weeks, and months, we'll experience your love ever present in our lives to an increasing measure. And God, give us answers to prayer so that we can testify to others about your great, great love. Bless each person here, we pray this in Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. Amen.